I'm Michael Fox, the publisher of the Prospector News, and this is the Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly for February the 16th. And I'm joined, as I am every week, by the mercenary geologist himself, Mickey Falp. Welcome, Mickey. Thanks, Mike. Well, it was not a good week for economic news. The markets got hit on multiple fronts by bad economic data. Let's see what it did to uh, to everything. Gold was down nine bucks, no, eleven bucks, closed at twenty thirteen. But all the other precious metals were up. Silver up to twenty three thirty eight for three and a half percent gain. Platinum gained nearly 4% to close at 907. Palladium almost 10% to 934. I can surmise gold was down because the dollar was up a bit. Uh, but the other precious metals kind of shrugged it off. Yeah, they did. Uh, although they're um, they're kind of all hybrid metals in that they have an industrial component. And if we take a look at the industrial metals, it looks like copper was up on the week, too. Well, th this is true. Your point's well taken. Copper was up seven cents, almost two percent to close at three seventy four. Uh, we should mention the platinum and palladium ratio which creeped about above one last week was just below one this week. Yeah, it kind of moved back to where it was the last several weeks. So um, several weeks, my friend, several years. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, Six too. Years. <laughs> um, in spite of the higher dollar, uh, energy prices seem to be up, uh, at least on the oil front. Yeah, geopolitical events driven once again war in the middle east oil was up to 78.18 well over two percent despite the fact wti that the old biden administration continues to wage war on the oil and gas industry the ftc has delayed the occidental petroleum crown energy acquisition Occidental says they're slow, slowly declining to approve at all junctures. In addition, the Biden ban on LNG exports, which was reversed in the House of Representatives, won't make it through this Senate. So tell me how banning LNG exports is productive for the American economy when oil and gas and or excuse me, gas price in U.S. are less than two dollars. And all it does is uh, is harm oil and gas companies. Let's look at the numbers. Rigs minus two production. Back and flat at 13.3 million barrels a day. Inventories uh, soared this week to 12 million barrels. Imports at 6.5, that's still a little bit high. And refineries uh, dip below 15 million barrels a day, so it's been quite some time we've seen that. Now we should realize that this is the yearly maintenance season for most refineries in the Gulf Coast before they ramp up uh, next month or by the 1st of April for the summer driving season. And gasoline prices have been up four weeks in a row uh, as oil prices come off its low. 
uh, of what, $73? Yeah, well, uh, as much as the Biden administration does dumb things, I'm afraid the Canadian government this week has said, hold my beer. They are no longer going to build roads. I kid you not. That was an announcement from the Canadian government this week. We're not building any more roads. <laughs> okay. So, as I say, you know. Until 2050, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's just no more roads, period. So, I don't know how we're going to get out of here. Uh, let's take a look at uranium. Uranium is basically steady as she goes, although it did lose a buck and a quarter, but it remains at 101.50. And the equities, which set 11-year highs, basically, uh, over the last month or so, uh, have pulled off from those recent highs. Yeah, there had to be a, a bit of a pullback there. It had been running hot there for her for quite a while. But I, I still think there's a lot of steam in that uranium market going forward. So we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, let's take a so look I at the guess money. that means you're long uranium stocks. I am still long uranium myself personally, although I've taken quite a bit of profit off uh, off the table in a number of a number of cases. But I'm still holding. Uh, uh, several other speculative uh, uranium stuff, but uh, uh, well, well, we'll likewise, see. you're a smart man. Well, we'll we'll see how long I have the stomach to to continue on with that, though. You know, after after a while, it starts to become a game of chicken. Um, as you surmised, the U.S. dollar was up twenty-one basis points, twenty-two basis points. As I do the math, there close at one hundred four twenty-nine. U.S. dollar has been up seven weeks in a row now. Uh, the euro lost a penny to close at 107.8. The loonie lost 15 basis points to close at 74.15. A lot of the dollar's rises uh, week had to do with a very weak British pound. Yeah, uh, the British pound just tanked. Uh... I'm starting to see reports that su- suggesting that the government in Britain may fall and there be an election coming there soon, but uh, uh, we'll have to see. And we should also mention that 10-year Treasury bond surged again this week, up 13 basis points. It is up 27 basis points over the last two weeks, close at 4.30%. The two to 10 year inversion is now at about 30 basis points. Yeah, the uh, bad economic data seem to uh, drive the interest rates up again on the short term, at least on the market end of things. I guess the market's starting to price in, the Fed may stay higher for longer, and maybe may actually I, means. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a certainty. Uh, we had very bad economic numbers, hot inflation numbers, hotter than expected for both the CPI and the PPI. Retail sales were down for January significantly. The housing starts down 15% year over year. So as you said earlier, that resulted in a big sell-off on Wednesday. Uh, and 
the markets recovered somewhat over the last two days, but they still were down for the week. Not a lot. Dow closed at 38.628, down three tenths percent. S&P 500 was down 21 points, but it remains above the psychological uh, base at 5,000. Uh, it's 5,006. The VIX crept up this week, closed at 14.8 today. NASDAQ lost 1.3% as there was somewhat of a sell-off, a pullback of the big tech stocks that closed at 15.776. Yeah, well, bad economic data is going to definitely weigh on the markets. And uh, um, I would have actually expected that pullback to be way worse than that. So let's uh, hold our breath and uh, hope for the best for next week in the markets. Um, the poor cousin up north, it looks like we've been kissing our sister for a couple of weeks. Yeah, the Toronto Venture Exchange gained back the 10 points it lost last week, closed at 557. But I took a look at the year-to-date chart, and there has been no volatility since the first of the year on very low bo uh, volumes. The... Toronto Venture Exchange Index value has been between uh, 550 plus or minus 14. So what is that? 564 on the top end, 536 on the bottom end. So uh, uh, no catalyst so far, but we do have a catalyst, potential catalyst coming. What is it in the next two to three weeks with the PDAC? And there's generally a curse called the PDAC curse, which means the venture exchange goes down after that big confab in wintry Toronto. I don't know how many will be there, probably plus or minus 25,000 uh, mining professionals. Yeah, it is uh, an interesting event, and yeah, there is the PDAC curse, but I always, I, I know, the poet in me always likes the PDAC because every morning there's this group of 30,000 people lowering themselves down four levels into the basement of the convention center, just like miners lowering themselves down in deep into the pit of the mine. So as I say, I find it, uh, I find the imagery a little bit poetic, but uh, you know, that might be me and, you know, might be, uh, you know, inviting a little too much of the hospitality suites. <laughs> Otherwise known as the hostility suites. Yes, that too. Coming after the uh, poetic imagery of the uh, PDAC, we got to have a poll this week. So uh, as always, it's a surprise to me what it's going to be, Mickey. Well, I'm going to preface the poll with our theme song, Rolling Stones. The song is Off the Hook. And I think it was the first song they ever recorded that Jagger and Richards wrote. And this is dedicated to the White House and Joe Biden's telephone is off the hook on a Monday through Thursday basis from 3 p.m. in the afternoon until 10 a.m. the following morning. That leads to my poll question, who works 
more hours. And your choices are Joe Biden in a week or Donald Trump in two days. Well, Donald Trump's been having to go to court. I guess that's that's work. So it'd be Donald Trump in two days because he keeps having to go to court. Well, I think Donald Trump works about, uh, I'm going to agree with you, but I think he works about 15 or 16 hours a day, every day. So I'm not sure uh, uh, court adds hours to what he's doing, but certainly uh, Biden's less than banking hours means, uh, what do we got, uh, 20 hours a week, something like that? Yeah, but he's an old man. He needs naps. He's, uh, what, three years older than Donald Trump? Yeah, well, he still needs naps. (laughs) On the heels of that poll question, it's been a long week, Mickey, and I think I need a nap. So let's uh, let's call it and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. And I'll I'll be in sunny Miami at the uh, Minds and Money event there. So um, till then, Mickey. All right. Sounds more pleasant than... The Maritimes in the winter. Uh, Definitely that. The Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly is syndicated by our friends at Kitco.com. Mickey Falp and his musings can be found at MercenaryGeologist.com and on Twitter at MercenaryGeo. And I'm Michael Fox, published at ProspectorNews.com. Thank you for listening, and please join us again next week.